welcome to a new podcast where we're breaking through and breaking it down with a new girl, your host, Dawn Piercy. And I'll let you know when we go live here in a second. We're almost there. Okay, here we go. Welcome to Mariano Big Dog's Corner here on a new podcast. I'm Dawn Piercy, your host with co-host. Mariano Big Dog. Yes, and we have brought you Guy Grundy. He's an actor, producer, bodybuilder, stuntman, fighter, fight choreographer, writer, and he placed first in the Mr. Australian Championships two times and second in Mr. World Competition two times as well. Guy Grundy, how are you? Welcome to Big Dog's Corner. Hey, Dawn. Hey, Mariana. I'm doing really well, guys. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Now, from the research I've done, um, I, I want to touch on this, and and then I want to get into Bane the series afterwards. I know that growing up, you had a very rough start to life, and you started lifting weights at just the age of nine uh, when you lived in Australia, and by the age of 19, you were focusing your attention on the bodybuilding. Uh, can you share with our audience a little bit about overcoming adversity and being able to apply that into your life for those that are trying to get through that? Definitely, and you just some good research there, Dawn. Wow. <laughs> she don't mess around, man. She's <laughs> not doing this half-hearted, that's for sure. Yeah, um, uh, basically, I didn't have a father growing up. I was young, so I never really knew what it was like to be a man. So I've read a lot of biographies and, you know, to, to learn and understand and, and watch other people to see how they deal with things. And fundamentally inside, you know what's right or wrong, mm -hmm. but... Just growing up, I realized, you know, just being a nice person all the time and being easygoing can sometimes be taken as weakness. So, um, you know, doing did you, did you want to be Mr. Australia? Did you want to be Mr. World? And I was like, no, I just hated being skinny and I wanted to be big. And I think one of the biggest impressions upon me was like when you say, you know, adversity, it's <clears throat> having role models and to look up. And I remember just a, a huge moment in my life was being at a in Australia we have a lot of beach carnivals where you do the rowing and the, the beach swimming and the running and everything and there was a young guy maybe 1920 who was a uh, obviously was a bodyboarder but also in the boat crew and I'll never forget him just walking along and he just walked along without sticking his arms out or anything just like a very relaxed cool guy like he didn't think of himself of anything better than anyone else and I was like wow you know one day I would want someone to look at me the way I'm looking at him. So that was something that really motivated me because I wanted, I was, you know, I just had goals and role models. And I've just learned that um, in life, it, we're all, all of us get knocked down, it, all of us. And that's not important. What's important is that you get back up and keep going because if you do get back up, finally, it, it is going to work. And the more successes you've had, I guarantee the more failures you've had. I've had so many, if I, I couldn't even count the amount of failures I've had. And each one has devastated me, depressed me, uh, made me angry, made me bitter. But I don't know, something inside of me always just, you know, just get back up, keep going, keep moving forward. And as Mariana will tell you from fighting when I boxed and everything, you know, some rounds they just do not go your way. Like one minute you're, you're having a good time in there, you're cracking the guy, and the next thing he's hit with the body shot and the whole complexion of everything changed. And I think that 
facing adversity really allows you to know who you are. Like if I was, I respect people that have faced adversity and come over it because a lot of people, like if I was going to draft a football player or a fighter, I'd want the person who's faced adversity and come over it because if you've just had a successful, easy life and then you've got adversity in front of you, a lot of people can't adjust and handle it. It's um, So that's one thing I've learned is just to, to continue moving forward. But, you know, you have your periods like after audition as Mariano and uh, you wouldn't know Dawn. Before the audition, you're pumped. You do the audition. You feel mm-hmm. great. I did so well. Then you don't get called for a day. Then you start your spirits drop a little bit. They drop a little bit. And the next thing you're in a funk and depression and why this, why that. Then you get your next interview one. So it's um, it, I think just for people out there to understand that no matter who we are, and that, like Mariano will tell you, as big and a tougher guy as he is and all the success he's had in Hollywood, we all have down moments. We all doubt ourselves and we all go through hard times. But I think it's just important to remember that everyone goes through that and that that's what we do. We go through hard times and it's the true champions that through that. And then also you back at your life, I've always said to myself, when I'm really upset about something, I say to myself, when you look back at this period, how will have you handled this? When you look back, are you going to be proud of handling this situation or are you going to be a little baby and crawl into your shell and, and wind shine? So I always think of the big picture type thing, which is not always easy as I get older right. and yeah, you absolutely have to take a step back and look at it. And I have to say, you're truly inspirational. Now, I want to, yes. I want to, you're welcome. You. I want to ask um, about the Mr. Australian Championship. Uh, how did you get into that? Uh, tell us about that, how that was for you. Um, I, base, I, 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 I never enjoyed competing, the aspect of being on stage with other men in my posing trunks of all of my body. But <laughs> I and as Mariana will tell you, it's not like it does sound weird when people say that you're a citizen. I said I, I lifted weights, put oil on my body, and stood on stage in a pair of pink posing trunks. <laughs> so I, um, which is the truth, which is the truth. Um, but what I loved about bodybuilding is that it teaches you patience, it teaches you discipline, dedication, and and you just training. People go, well, man, you're so positive and that. I'm like, yeah, of course I act positive all the time, but there are so many times when I don't want to go to the gym. There right. are times that I don't want to train legs when I was a professional bodybuilder, but you do it because you have a good goal in mind, and I think that's important to have a big picture in mind for you. And basically with the bodybuilding, that definitely taught me uh, resilience and toughness. With my first show, I took seven the under 90 kilogram, which I think is like 195, 198 pounds. Then the next year, I couldn't make weight for the light heavyweight. It was a favourite, so I had to compete as a heavyweight. And I was like two pounds over the limbo. I'm weighed by 34 pounds by some monsters. I still managed to take second by one point and lose. And then again, I came back the following year, and then I finally won it. So nice. Um, thank you. I, I had to fail twice before I won it. I went to the world championship twice, like $60 money. I was actually stealing other competitors' food because I had no money uh-huh. to buy anything. So just all those little stumbling blocks and you know, just the, the big picture. And it's funny when you look at the body, like, wow, man, I was pretty at the time. I never saw go, you need to stop. And I do agree with that, but I think – People want to go somewhere 
always looking for the thing, the next chance. I remember after winning the race, first time was my best and I was improving or making my girlfriends like, sweetie, do you want to and just in me what you've been working for for the last few years? It, it, it seems that when you retire or when you step back, that's when you actually really appreciate what you've done. But at the time, you're always pushing to move ahead, going, looking for that next round. What am I going to do in the next round? This guy's hitting me with the right hand. Mm-hmm. You know, so you just keep coming back and keep coming back, and, and that just builds resilience. Now, how did you get into acting? Did you come to America first, or did you get into acting before America? No, um, I actually, I've always wanted to be an actor. Ever since the Rocky, I believe my parents, my, my father and, and my, when I call my mother, snuck me in the trunk of the car because we had no money. Mm-hmm. And I'm claustrophobic, so that was always a funny experience. My dad, my dad would think it'd be funny to leave me in there for ten minutes, banging on the hood. He, he'd be half out of that one. So and I, I seen the, the movie Rocky, and I, I didn't know it was so good. But that taught me never giving up, going one more round, and being disciplined. And then I wagged school when I was ten, mm-hmm. which wags me. I didn't go to school. I did. A, I did a lot of wagging. That um, I seen a picture of Arnold as the Terminator, you know, with his chest and his hair, and I and I. The, in, in a famous street called George Street, Sydney, Australia. And I just said, stopped there and pointed to my best friend, pointed to the picture and I said, that's what I'm going to be when I grow up. And nice. ever since then, I've always, <clears throat> for me, I was terrible at school. I'm very, I couldn't read or write at 13. I uh, lived on the street at 16. But when it came to acting and reading the books and having an acting coach, mm-hmm. immediately I understood all what they were talking about. You know, the moment before, emoting emotions, drawing on things like it just came to me very naturally so and it also feels a thing where I have a, a definite you know I'm, I'm, I'm always open to admitting things my insecurities have made me who I am today and you know I had abandonment issues because my parents left me no one wanted me right. blah 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 my little poor stories but when that camera is on me it's just a magical moment for me all the attention's on me and I guess in the inside of Craving. I also love the art of acting, you know, reacting off other people. Mm-hmm. And it's just something I'm, I'm truly passionate about. It's the only thing other than being with my daughter and, and my wife is that when I'm on set, my anxiety goes away, my nerves go away. I'm just happy. I'm just so happy to be there. It's just a world that I'm comfortable with being in. And I think anyone that wants to do acting, it's something that's it's not an easy road, just like Marianne will tell you with fighting and bodyboarding. We pick like the hardest route you could possibly pick because bodybuilding and acting is depending on what someone else thinks and what they want. Fighting, you know, it goes to the judge's scorecard. Then, as Mariano will tell you, you're gonna, you never know the results. So, a lot of things are out of your control. Which, for a person who wants to be in control, that's very tough. So, um, you know, if you do follow the path of acting or bodybuilding, it's you just got to remember it's a long term thing and. You're always going to get better and better. And, I, and with bodybuilding, I retired at 31, and that's pretty much when you start to hit your peak. So I did it because um, you know, I've never been good at just one thing. I've been a state and national right. athlete in seven sports. I played professional rugby in Australia. You know, I did the bodybuilding. But for me, I think anyone can be great at one thing. If you spend your whole life doing one, you better be pretty good at it. You know what right. I mean? So. And also you get burnout, like, you you know, you're pushing the weights, you're pushing the weights, and then you get to a point where you're old and 
when I look at the whole life story, all the adversities of the roles that I've booked, you know, as a collector and in a tough guy, and they go, wow, you really were convincing. And, and I'm like, you know, and I keep saying Mariana, but he's been similar to myself. He's, you know, had a hard life and hasn't always been Mario. That um, I, you know, it, it made me who I am. It like, gave me the physique that I have. It gave me the mm-hmm. fighting ability that I have. It gave you know, when I go through to be a collector or an enforcer or a tough guy, that's really not a challenge for me because all my life experiences have led up to that. Okay. Now, you were awarded your citizenship as a person with extraordinary abilities. And you actually, you, you work with a brand ambassador and father and children's fitness talent. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And then I want to get into your acting more. Yeah, with the U.S. citizenship, that was um, that. This is when I truly believe in the law of attraction, and because I knew that I was going to live in over there, she was always out. I'd be watching a lot of TV, so I watch a lot of American TV, like the streets of San Francisco. And just in my head, I knew that I was going to become an American citizen, and I, you know, it became a choice. I was playing rugby, and then I got, you know, picked for. The- went to I realized I couldn't do bodybuilding mm-hmm. and uh, the rugby together so I had to make a choice and I was like you know what I, I want to do bodybuilding the reason this is this is what makes me happy and I'm glad it's a choice that I made and you know I just knew that I was going to live in America I, I looked into the lottery or whatever mm-hmm. and I came over here and Joanne Lee who's a little from England introduced me to letters and then I went to an attorney and you know, went through the legal process to earn my U.S. citizenship, which I'm, you know, extremely honoured to have and very proud to be an American citizen. As it's, uh, you know, it, it is a great country in the world in the sense that it, this is the land of opportunity. And you asked about acting in Australia. I did do acting for a bit, but it, was, it wasn't worthwhile. I remember doing a national Pepsi commercial and I made like $500 because people say, why well, say little? I said, in, in Australia, we have less people in the whole of Australia than you have in L.A. So the you know, the money you can make in there doing certain things is so much smaller on a smaller scale. And just America always held, you know, just, you know, not, not an arrogance but a strength and something where I knew that I could achieve things and um, it was just a dream in my head. And as I said, that's why I do believe in the law of attraction. And with the children's fitness and everything, I, I would go to the gym, like I said, I was nine and I would be going to the gym and I went to Giles gym, which was like a really hardcore gym down by the mm-hmm. beach, and all old rugby players and all uh, representative rugby players. One of the greatest rugby players, Ian Roberts, who's a really good mate of mine, he would train there. So it was like a little kid under their wing. So I always wanted to be that person. Body, else, like if I, you know, a little word, of what are you doing? Or just you know, just a good word or something positive because. Things had such an effect on me that the children out there, you can change their whole life by just giving them a little bit of advice, giving them a bit of attention or changing something like Dawn would tell another what he said to you, which was amazing and so to the point. Those little things just change your whole outlook on life. My father, who was a, who was a great guy, but like he had his own issues and that. Some people said, my dad always said, my dad would say to me, black socks, fruit. 
that that was his saying. And, and and so, you know, when I came up with my daughter, I know Mariana's laughs. I'm like, Dad, what? to this day, I don't know what black socks and screwed men. <laughs> but that's what he's saying. You don't argue with your father, especially when he's a good fighter. And he beat me up once or twice. But um, so with my daughter, I came up with a saying from the time she was in a mummy's tummy was, um, you know, you always stand up to yourself and you can be anything you choose. So I think I said, it's just, I really want to be famous and well-known and everything because I, de- hey, I want the attention, I want the money to, to fulfil that need, but I really would like to be someone that can help change other people's lives because there are so many people out there that don't have good parenting, that are right. neglected, that if they have a role model out there or someone who takes a little interest in them, it can just change their whole life and whole perspective and I'd, I'd love to be that person for someone else because... I've had that feeling of people doing it to me. Like, you know, Mariano was at the gym. He would hang out with Charles Glass. And at the time when I first came here, I was like an arm wrestling champion. And I'm like, oh, wow. And I got to meet Mariano and, you know, and see how he walked around and he carried himself. So, you know, and he was, he, Mariano went out of his way to say hello to me. He didn't know who I was. And he was very hard at gold. gym that just got there when I was 20. So... I just want to try that person for other people because it's um, a great feeling. But mm-hmm. I, it's, why do you tip so much? And I'm like, I'm not really giving them the money. I'm giving it to the, that, that if I give them five dollars because they ordered a ten dollar thing, the smile you get and that feeling you get of just giving them and that appreciation. I'm gonna do it. It's everything you do. You're really doing for a selfish reason. I'm doing it because it makes me feel good. I'm to, to, to know that I help that person. Right. They're working for eight dollars an hour, and I just gave them five dollars. And that look on their face is like, you know, when you go through the drive-through and they give you the change, you say, "No, man, that's all you." And they, oh wow. And some of them say, "Well, I'm not allowed to accept tips," and I'd be like, "My my line back is, well, I'm not taking it back, buddy. So you need to figure it out yourself." <laughs> that's too funny. So uh, tell us about being the TV series. How did you get the part? That's an awesome part. And oh, where yeah. can we watch it? Uh, if you want to, <clears throat> if you Google Bane series and just put Guy Grundy in there, mm-hmm. that will come up. Okay. And basically, Bane came up as a project. Like, like I lived on the street, so I knew who Superman was. I knew who the Incredible Hulk was, and I knew who Batman was. But I didn't know anything else. I, while kids were watching cartoons, I was looking for food or fighting or living on the street with, you know, there's not too much cable TV on the street, unfortunately. So a lot of people would say to me, especially when I shave my head, they go, man, you look like Bane. You look like Bane. And I never really, I was like, okay, thanks. That's cool. But then I seen the dark night and, uh, and I keep going back to Mariana cause he'll have these experiences being a good fighter, but being a big man, all you hear as an actor is you need to dumb it down. Meaning you can't show how good you really are because, we need you swinging wild and everything because if you fight as good as you can, how, how's that small guy really going to beat you? And then with Bane, he was trained by the same people as Bat- uh, Batman, the Shadow Shadow of Leeds. Mm-hmm. So it was just a character who could fight. And <clears throat> I basically produced another series as well, but unfortunately just didn't. So this is something that I personally took total control of, became a producer on worked with Hectic Films and um, idea of what, what I wanted to do. It's not very easy to work with in the sense that, hey, Dawn, you know what you're doing to your thing. So I'd say to Ricky, hey, I want to do Bane and I want to have my daughter in it. And, and then he'd basically come up with an amazing script and idea and I'd be like, awesome, 
cool. And then when I'm on set, like, you know, the people, if you're the star of the show and a producer, some people, actors, you know, get carried away with themselves. I'm just grateful to be there. So people go, man, you're so easy to work with. I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Tell you how to do camera work when I don't know? How, I'm going to tell you how to do sound. I don't know how to do any of that. But as I've produced and learned uh, and done choreography, it's really helped me with my fight choreography where I can understand, okay, we're going to do this move and this move, then we're going to end in this position, which will lead to this. So right. I'm pretty observant watching things. And when I did it, we've got Adam Beck as a cameraman. I worked with him on a lot of things. And I actually said to him, I said, look, Adam, I know a lot of people will control you and tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. I know you have some visions that you see things that you want to do. I said, bring that to the table, bring that all out. So I, I you know, people do their things, they do all right and they do their job. You know, I don't step on anyone's toes. I don't try to micromanage things. And one thing on a movie set I've learned is I never stress out because in the end it's like a fight. It's all going to work out. Like if you get stressed out because, you you know, you took a, a hard shot, that thing, now mind's off the game. It's like right. when you're doing it or, or reading lines. You're reading lines and, and all of a sudden you start, say to yourself, wow, I'm doing really good. And you're like, oh, my God, I just took myself out of the moment. I told myself <laughs> how good I was. Here I am. And then you got to get back in the moment. So... Yeah, that, that, that's one of those things that I really enjoy. Uh, we have Maverick uh, Von Hogg wants to know why he's not on Bane. You tell Maverick <laughs> that I've been thinking about him and he is going to be on there. He's going to come there. He's my boy. And uh, he actually, yeah, he te- texts me. That I'm like, Maverick. I can't just throw you in there. I've got to get I've got to get a character for you. But um, Maverick will definitely be in there. He was my boss there for a while and he's one of my closest friends. A great guy. I've had a lot of fun with him and uh, Mariano. Probably some stories that we can't actually tell without getting in trouble. But um, definitely, uh, you know, they're the kind of men that I like hanging out with. (laughs) Mariano will show you off off screen or I will. But what what I enjoyed about, what I learned was a lot of the tough, what I learned was tough guys don't act tough. It's the weak guys that have got insecurities and that act tough. So I gravitate Mm. towards, uh, when when I thought about it, I was like, Man, I'm, am I gay? Because a lot of my friends have got good bodies and they're good looking and they can all fight. And, I'm, and then I just realized I'm not gay because I'm not gay. I like girls. But I realized <laughs> I was drawn to that kind of man because they impressed me. Like this, right. this dude could kick someone's butt and he's the guy over there sitting in the corner not bragging about himself. And, and I like it when people will say to me, oh, I didn't know you are an actor. I didn't know you are in Days of Our Lives. I didn't know you are a two-time Mr. Australia. And that person actually thinks so much more of you because, you know, you're not, you're not bragging about yourself. But also I'd also say to him, I said, what am I going to do? When does ever, does, hey, I'm a two-time Mr. Australia fit into a conversation? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Podcast talk right there. I'll ask you. Yeah, it's hey, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, by the way, I'm a two-time Mr. Australia and, uh, yeah, I'm an actor. And it's like you see a lot of insecurity for a lot of men where they, they continually – talk about how pretty their girlfriend is or something. And I'm, I'm like, bro, seriously, you talk more about this girlfriend than you do that I talk about my daughter or acting, which are really important to me. And I've got to be honest, bro, I don't want to keep hearing about how pretty your girlfriend is. So <laughs> you know, it's, it's just people that continually talk about things or brag about themselves. And I've done that before because I was insecure. And, my, and someone yeah. said it, they said, guy, People aren't going to tell you how great you are at something if you keep telling them how great you are. Shut up and let other people do the talking for you. Because I was just very insecure, so I would try to talk about myself, to try to talk myself up. And then it's funny, now I see that in other people and I'm like, oh, 
I, I used to do that. So just I found being this is more praising other people. I've, you know, I've had people where they've, you know, like, uh, wow, that's awesome, bro. You know, you won the Mr. A local show. And then they go, man, I just heard you're a two-time Australian. You never even mentioned it. I'm like, well, we won't talk about me, mate. We're talking about you. And right. I, I like that, 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 that type of thing. If, if someone's going to brag about you, then it should be someone else. If you in it when you're asking questions, I'll talk about it. You know, I just, you know, I, I think like the, the silent Clint Eastwood type type where mm-hmm. you're not loud, like I can't stand loud, over-aggressive, you know, people like that just, um, like what are you trying to prove? And like I said to Dawn off air, I said there, there are over 7 billion people on this planet. You're not going to get on with everyone and you need to just accept that. I'm, there are some people that don't like me and I'm glad you don't like me because I don't want someone like you like me. There are just... You know who you are in this world because everyone else is in it. Like I'm extremely loyal and I've been burned a lot by friends that aren't, which would really upset me. Then I thought, well, how would I know I'm loyal if everyone else is the same as me? So that, you know, that just was something that I came up with that, you know what, I am loyal, but I also had stupid loyalty where I was loyal to people that I shouldn't have been because they didn't deserve it. And, you know, that's life learning experience. I never changed that about myself, but... I just was disappointed and hurt a lot of times because people weren't the same. And then I came to the realisation, you know what, exactly what I just said, people aren't the same. You don't know their upbringing. You don't know their reasons for being like that. And the other thing I don't try to do is work out why people do things. Everyone's like, why do they do that? He's crazy. I'm like, dude, you just answered the question. He's crazy. And you're trying to work out why he does things. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the guy's got issues and you know that and here you are sitting here trying, I wonder why he does that. I said, bro, he doesn't even know why he does it. Why are you trying to work it out? <laughs> Mariano, do you have any questions? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was, he was, uh, I I remember running into Guy at, at Gold's Gym in Venice. Um, that's where all the celebrities train at. And uh, I remember when you were bodybuilding because I judged you at an NPC show a long time ago. Uh, I can't remember what show it was. And I remember you were hanging out with Lee Priest because that's, they, they both are from the same country, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so I just like, um, yeah. So, yeah, I remember, yeah, you were at Gold's, man. And, you know, there's, everybody's a, an actor out there, right? You've seen Danny Trejo and all these other guys. You know, Matias, we all know the same people. But uh, I remember, we, we, I forgot what project we worked on, but, but uh, I just can't remember and uh, yeah, yeah, and I, I worked. I did something with Lee Priest a long time ago, and then we were talking about you and everything. And it was really interesting. This is a long time ago, probably like in the nineties. Yeah, around ninety eight, ninety eight, ninety nine was when we first. I actually met you pretty much the first time I was at Golds, and you know Lee was an awesome guy. Um, I was a little intimidated around him because you've also got that competitive rivalry as well. You know what I mean? So. You want, you want to be close with someone, but also it's like if you want to fight someone, it's kind of hard to talk to them and be really nice because you've got to fight them or you've got to compete against them. So it's a fine line that you've got to work with that that you've got to sit on. And then also probably before a fight or a show, you actually say to your mate, hey, listen, Mariano, we're not going to talk <laughs> for the next month. We'll talk again after the fight because you got to start to build hatred. Like I remember fighting, I'd sit in the bathroom in the, you know, they, in the military that they, they you know, calling it, you know, de-lifing the enemy, like bringing everything that ever happened to me when I stubbed my toe when I was um, seven, that's his fault. Everything was his fault. So you build up a lot of anger, a lot of aggression. We take him. 
the other thing for me with the acting, it's very therapeutic because I get to let out a lot of aggression and emotions. So I play a lot of aggressive characters. So it's right. in a way, it's a lot of therapy for me as well, where I get to rather than go beat someone up because I've got some hostility in me, if, you know, I've got a lot of demons in me and I get to let them out on the acting screen. I've been doing some comedies and some different kind of work, which challenges me, makes me feel like I'm growing as an actor. But I definitely would say the acting uh, as, a, as a hard, as a bad guy and a tough guy a lot, which I get. Same as Mario, get a lot of the same roles. And people go, man, you're getting typecast. And I'm like, bro, I'm getting cast. I'm all happy with it. And <laughs> you know, then I did a few comedies and people were like, man, you, you're actually pretty funny. And I'm like, oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Because when you, you, you look mean and then you're actually funny and very nice to people, it's people look at you a different way and they really respect you. And because people go, man, I wouldn't want to mess with you. And you know, I, I, I appreciate that. But, um, you know, and then you've been, and they go, man, you're a really nice guy, and I, I don't act surprised, but I understand where they're coming from. So, yeah, just you know, I'm in a good place where I'm happy with who I am because I've learned. But at the same time, there's still a lot of things that I need to improve on. And you know, till the day I die, I'm still gonna, you know, look back at my life and go, hey, there are a lot of things you could have done better than that. And I think I'm not into religion or anything, but I think in my religion, you know, everyone's got a religion that at the end of your life, you get to look back, and God says okay, you ready to move on to another person? And I'm like, right. no, I'm going to go back and live the life of Grundy again. I said, there's a lot of things that I need to do right. And I think I've lived this life probably 50 times because I'm still trying to get it right. And everyone else is like, bro, I've lived 50 lives and you're still on the same one. I'm like, yeah, man, I've, I've got to get Guy Grundy right before I move on. <laughs> I've got a request. Somebody wants to know your story in the series The Collector. Oh. That was the, uh, the Lackey. I was um I basically appeared in um the deadliest warrior. I got I, I went for an ad, believe it or not, through Craigslist and I went <laughs> in and they um auditioned me and uh, Sean Pichinino I, I owe a lot to for that. Um and uh Noel Vega. I was inexperienced, I wasn't known and they took a risk on me. And mm -hmm. uh from that role they um I got to do uh, with Bat in the Sun I got to do uh City of Scars as Zaz. Okay. And then also I got to do the lackey, which was the collector. And oh, <clears throat> every time I go on set, like I went on set just to do one scene and then they go, hey, man, do you want to come back and do some more? So the next thing I was like having a starring role in it because they'd be talking about, you know, getting rid of bodies or how to do this or that. And I'd be like, uh, you know, that's not really actually how you do it. And they'd be like, why do you know so much? I said, don't worry, that's, but that's not how you do it. <laughs> so, the, you know, just a lot of those life experiences. And I was a collector. I was an enforcer. Uh, you know, I've been arrested and held on over a million dollars bail mm -hmm. for that. Obviously, um, you know, the charges and that were, were wrong. I didn't do anything wrong in that regards. But, um, yeah, it's just something that, um, you know, I, and I, I blame, I totally blame Sylvester Stallone because he had such an impression because he was a collector <laughs> and a fighter and a tough guy. Yeah. So that's all your fault, Sylvester Stallone. It's all your fault, mate. <laughs> well, that's too funny. So for... Our audience that wants to follow you, keep up with what you got going on. Where can they follow you? You can get me uh, on Instagram. My, my name, which is my real name, by the way, Guy Grundy. Everyone says to me, like, seriously, if I was going to pick a name, do you think I'd pick Guy Grundy? I'd pick JJ Stokes or Cody Jones. <laughs> something cool. Like, I had Grundy's undies. The worst thing is my dad wanted to call me Butch. Can you imagine what human being I'd be if my name was Butch Grundy? Like, guy kind of makes me a little soft, but if I was Butch Grundy, I don't know where I'd be right now. I'd be, I'd be somewhere somewhere crazy. 
That and yeah, so funny. to follow me also, I have a website, guygrundy-.com. But um, Instagram or Facebook, you can follow me there just by putting in my name, Guy Grundy. And it's, thankfully, I've got a weird name, so no one else has really has it, so I'm, I'm pretty easy to follow. So <laughs> tell me about the life and times of Grundy collecting debts. <laughs> no. Well, that's you, you. You brought up Maverick, so um, he was. Um, <laughs> Who do you think? Yeah, oh, Maverick. I don't know. <laughs> you brought up Maverick. So I, I, I was a collector, and then uh, Maverick just said, "Hey, do you want me to come along with one for you?" And he did. And how he handled it, and how he did it, and the verbiage he used, the words he used. It. I was like, I was standing there, like one minute I wanted to cry on the inside, I wanted to laugh. I was feeling all these, like, because he was so good at it and uh-huh. <laughs> not by not by threatening people by just using legal language to get the money you know like i'm not going to say i haven't beaten people up in the past or whatever <laughs> but you know I'm, I'm uneducated um you know i'm it, it was basically really the worst thing in the world happened my first collection i made like ten thousand dollars and i'm like wow this is good this is good i like this i like this cash free money so <laughs> it was just something that um I fell into it. I did for like three years and then I got out of it. Then I got arrested by what actually followed me for two weeks. And they uh, said, because I got, I had retired from by then. They said, we just had to come and arrest you because you were so boring. You didn't do anything other than go to the gym and work. So with your daughter, because I, you know, I completely got out of it. So the collecting, it, it was, like I said, it was just, I really, I really seriously blame Rocky for it because that movie had <laughs> yeah, such an effect Rocky. on me. <laughs> I, I blame Rocky. it's all his fault it's all his fault because I was just so impressed by it and also when I look at the realistic picture it's something that I could do because you know I am a big guy and I can fight so it's just something I progressed to but also the people that I was around in that business were also really cool guys like I mean I had a lot of good friends that were real men and real really cool guys that didn't act tough so I kind of like that environment being around those kind of men and 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 I'm not. I'm proud to admit that I did it because it was a, a period of my life that helped me evolve. And you know, then I moved on to something else. But it was definitely, definitely an adventure. And um, yeah, with Maverick, oh my god, something, <laughs> one of the most fun. But for instance, one night we went out. Then this is actually we were with Mariano, and I don't drink. And we're at we were at some some club after we went to the fight. So Mariano was there with his mate. And because Mario and Maverick were really well known at the club, they kept giving us free drinks. And I don't drink, but you're going to give me something for free. I'm going to drink it. I'm like, give me the smallest thing that I can drink to get drunk. So I get drunk and we, 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 get, we say goodbye to Mariano. We hop in the car and this is Maverick. Wakes me up three hours later and I'm like, oh. He goes, hey, you take the wheel for a while. I'm like, where, where are we going? He goes, we're going to Vegas, baby. <laughs> he just decided to drive to Vegas. And then you'd be in a motel, you're sleeping in the car and taking turns driving. And then you wake her up like, urgent, Grundy, Grundy, wake up, wake up, wake up. And you're like, what's up, bro? He goes, that's the third big Carl, Carl's Jr. burger we've passed. <laughs> 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 just, just, just like, there was never a dull moment with that guy. Like, he was a lot of fun. And um, yeah, I love him. And like, Mariana knows him so well. And you've had Mariana him on the show. Awesome, yeah. he, he can do his own documentary. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He's um, he's he is one of a kind. There's only one Maverick. I tell you that. <laughs> well, I wanted to thank you so much for being a guest. 
on Big Dog's Corner. Thank here you, guys. Appreciate it, man. I love you. You got an awesome testimony, man. And uh, absolutely, anything comes up work-wise, brother, I'll give you a holler. Awesome, brother. Likewise, I look forward to working on set with you again, big fella. And thank you so much for having me on, Dawn. I really enjoyed yeah. it. Absolutely. This has been a new podcast. Got it.